Intel says that their GPUs are fixed. Google shutting down Stadia, finally! And we got our first looks at DLSS 3.0. You know that super premium thing that you're paying $1,600 to get on the RTX 4090. Let's get into the hot news, everybody. I'm your Brett host. We're gonna be going over the hottest tech news I can find on the internet while you enjoy your breakfast. And in today's top story, we're gonna be discussing Intel and the conversation surrounding their graphics cards because we're close to the launch. The, their A770 is launching on the same day as the RTX 4090, which like, I guess October 12th is like a very important day for people. I've seen launches on October 12th for like a million different things. It's wild. Why is that date so special? It's because it's like the, the second Wednesday of the, the fourth quarter. I don't know. Anyways, one of the biggest hindrances that we've seen when it comes to Intel's GPUs is the fact that their software hasn't really been up to snuff. Their first generation DG1, not great. And that's been what they've been communicating openly with their marketing team about what's been holding back the A770. And the CEO of Intel, Pat Gelsinger, coming out in an interview and discussing that a little bit more. But I need you to listen to me. Moore's Law is Dead said that Intel is shutting down their GPU department. So just like whatever the CEO is saying, He's wrong. So in the discussion about the Intel drivers, he says that obviously we came out of the shoot weaker than we would have hoped for early in the year and fundamentally let me explain the issue a bit. We thought we could scale the integrated software stack more directly into the discrete graphics market. And unfortunately, performance levels, gamer certifications, different game features, you know, the integrated software stack simply wasn't capable of scaling up to five times performance of a discrete graphics requirement. When you're in the market, it's easier to refine and add features to it, but that step up from integrated to discrete was more difficult than we expected. So our launch into discrete graphics was a bit slower than I would have liked as we've gone through the years. And then continuing on to say, all that said, we think the A770 that I just announced this week and will be shipping October 12th will be a very compelling product. We believe now we fought through the majority of the software stack issues. Game certification is now very high. We're getting very good response from the unique features as a part of the product. So we're now feeling comfortable that we now have a solid footing. Additionally, saying now I do suspect for a new category of product that it takes a few years for us to get really good. But he says ultimately that Intel's objective is high market share. They want to become a large piece of the discrete GPU pie, but it does. It, you can't do that when you shut down your GPU department. Additionally saying over my 40 plus year career, I've done a lot of V1 products. Every V1 product I've done has always ushered in how to make better in V2 and by V3, you're pretty darn good if you're dedicated and have good people people working on it. But from what we've heard, they're not even going to get to V3. So I do think you'll see nice improvements as we go through the next year and the competitiveness of those. So Intel's CEO coming out very clearly stating that he has objectives for high market share over the next few years that he expects by V3, they should be pretty good. Obviously, I'm being a little facetious when I'm talking about this one particular issue that people want to get fixated on that one person is reporting only a singular source that I can see everybody is trusting this one source of saying Intel shutting down their GPU departments or selling it off in the future when the CEO, the head of Intel's graphics department, Raja Ghadori, has been saying, we believe in this product. Our roadmap is exactly the same. We believe in this over the next few years. We're going to keep working on it. And that somehow translates into people questioning, do they really mean it? Oh, they're not being direct enough. Oh, somebody else on the internet said you're shutting it down. So the fact that you said you're not shutting it down and you're just saying you're gonna work on it means that you're actually gonna shut it down. It's like a weird game of he said, they said, it's just, it's strange. But I'm excited 
I'm taking this with a grain of salt that Intel CEO is saying that they have the software to the point where it's actually good for launch. I do believe that they have been making earnest strides in trying to fix what has been the fundamental issue with Intel's graphics department. And I would like to see more continuation on that, but it's good to hear from the CEO's mouth that they are taking it seriously. They do believe that this is V1. The A770 is only gonna be priced at an RTX 3060 level because that's where they think they're gonna compete. They're setting the expectations before it comes out. I, for one, am excited to see where this goes. Let me know what you think of Intel CEO's comments down below in those comments while I tell you about today's video sponsor. Today's video is sponsored by the Order Laser Master 3. My friends, I have had so much fun with this thing ever since we got it because it is a truly remarkable laser engraver. In fact, it's the world's first laser engraver whose black and white engraving speed can truly reach 20,000 millimeters per minute, which means you can get your engravings done really quickly. And it's the world's first laser engraver to achieve a photo level grayscale engraving effect thanks to its higher precision 0.01 millimeter accuracy, which allows you to achieve very narrow bezels. I've tried it out on some small stuff that I've been laser engraving. We've gotten some great pictures out of it, especially on wood. My logo on the back of this laptop. We've had tons of fun using the Order Laser Master 3 around the office. I've learned a lot about positioning and trying to make sure that I have everything set up, but that's actually where the Laser Master 3 comes in to help because it's actually incredibly easy to use. I was actually intimidated when I first got it. I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna be able to figure out how to plan this out. I, I was totally wrong because it's the world's first multi-language laser engraver and the world's first laser engraver that supports iPhone and iPad. So it has its own built-in web UI control program free of driver and control software installation, but it also has a professional and easy to use app, which is just so easy to use for novices. You directly connect to the actual engraver from your phone. And then it is literally as simple as finding the picture you want and then positioning it. That's it. It's just as easy as finding that, making sure everything's set up. You adjust, obviously, to the parameters of the thing that you're either gonna be trying to cut or engrave, whether it's stainless steel, whether it's leather, whether it's ABS. It has all of the different presets for that. You select that and then you're good to go. It also supports Wi-Fi, USB, SD card, U-Disc, and AP hotspot link, and it has up to 1,000 suitable engraving materials. And there's also an abundant accessory ecology with endless creativity. You can do a whole lot with this Laser Master 3, whether from the base design like I've just been doing, or getting the engraving platform, or the extended legs, or the Z-axis control. And I decided to take it just a little bit further to see just what I could do with some PC parts, like engraving it onto the back panel of a computer. I personally messed this up. I moved it while it was in the middle of engraving, and that made it so that it it came across a little poorly, but my favorite was putting this design etched into the tempered glass that's on this PC side panel. So now this will be immortalized forever. But honestly, this is a great laser engraver if you're trying to get into it for the first time, just like I am, never had one before, and it was so simple, number one, to set up, but then number two, to get going to use. And I can't wait to laser engrave more things around the office because it's just, it's been fun. I'm gonna hide so many laser engraved things everywhere. I laser engraved this pop socket. Whoa! <laughs> Got him! So check out the Order Laser Master 3 at the link in the video description. Big thanks to Order for sponsoring today's video. But the CEO announcing all the details of the Arc GPU is not all that we have. We now have details of the review samples that are being sent out to various outlets across the world, including Golden Edition 
it's samples of the A750. I want to see that, but also Hardware Unboxed doing this teaser tweet showing that they have their ARC shipment. I am not on the list. This has been like, I think the key frustration that I've had since moving back from South Africa is that like all of our press contacts were in South Africa and like the divisions that handle EMEA. And then when I moved to America, I had very, very few contacts and especially fewer at GPU manufacturers, all of that. And so I've been stuck in this interim where like I asked the EMEA contacts to be like, hey, can you help me with their American contacts? And they were like, they just kind of ghosted me. And so like, I've been stuck in this limbo of like, we used to get day one review samples and now we get nothing. And I just have to sit here and be happy. Kyler, aren't I happy? And I'm happy all of the time. I'm really happy with how we don't get any products. Yep. Yeah. The reason UFD Tech no longer does day one reviews is because I choose not to, right? Uh-huh. Yep, that's exactly it. Also, they're sending out their samples of their 13th gen products, 13900K and 13600K being seated, at least out to the German retailer Case King, who showed off the review kit for Raptor Lake as it stands there. You can see it right there. I'm not going to get it day one. Just... <laughs> but Intel also making some weird chips that I actually am really excited about. This is just showing up in some benchmarks on an official announcement. The i3-9100 is a Atom CPU sort of, but it's like it's an actual i3 that's just missing all performance cores. It's just eight efficiency cores. Therefore, it's eight logical threads, as you can see here in this benchmark that's showing it off here. Whether or not they're gonna actually gonna come out with this, it's called the i3-N300. I'm just like, that would that would that'd be so cool. The clock speed are a little low maximum frequency only 3.8 gigahertz i'd like to see it a little bit higher but the efficiency cores on alder lake are actually pretty dang good they're essentially comparable to what a full skylake core was so uh eight cores on a what is it, an atom equivalent uh from, from skylight i take it all day long and what people did not take was google stadia and google finally announcing that they are shutting down the service for good in january of 2023 they lasted two and a half years longer than I thought they were going to. I could tell that this was dead from day one. I did several reviews on this channel about Stadia and the progress they made within the first year. And it always just felt like it was a beta software that they were not ready to launch, including the fact that they didn't have a search engine in Stadia from day one. It took over a year to bring search to Google's product. I don't, I'm not gonna continue to rant on that because it's being shut down. It's no longer gonna be operational as of January, 2023. But the main thing to note here is that Google is actually refunding all purchases made through Stadia, including the games as well as the hardware, but not refunding the cost of the subscription, which I'm totally fine with. You paid for it as you were playing it. But the fact that you had to buy the games on the platform, I was always worried about that. I was always thinking in the back of my mind, if I pay $60 for the game on this service and they shut it down, I'm not gonna see that money again and then the game's gonna be gone. So I'm actually really happy to see that Google is refunding the cost of the games to the actual consumers. The cost of the subscription, I think is totally fine that they're keeping, that's my personal opinion there, but you do get to keep the hardware. So I will be getting a refund for my Founders Edition that I purchased all the way back in 2019, as well as the extra controller that I bought for Reese, which was the Wasabi Green. I'm happy with that. I, this is like the best shutdown ever. I'm getting free money. Kyler, Google's giving me free money. For, for Stadia. Why didn't I get it? Did you buy Stadia? No. So you're, you're, it's cause you're dumb. <laughs> ah, and he he is what I'm going to say to transition into crypto stocks. Bitcoin's down 1% to be at 19,427. Ethereum's down 1335. And 
Dogecoin's down 1.4% to be at 6 cents. And uh, I want to see what Reese has. He, he doesn't have a Stadia controller anymore, but what UFD deals you got, boy? Hey everyone, welcome back to UFD deals, where we bring you the hottest tech deals out on the internet. Hope you guys are gearing up for a good weekend. I hope this deal starts you off on the right foot. Today we have the Corsell ML140 Pro, which is their 140 millimeter premium magnetic levitation fan. Both the 140 millimeter and 120 millimeter are currently on special, but the 140 is going for a better deal at the moment. At only $20.78, you can pick this up for 38% off at the moment. And don't forget, you can find this deal and more linked in the video description. I hope you guys have a good weekend. Cheers. Thank you, Reese. Much appreciated. I do feel like I moved on very quickly from that Stadia thing. I didn't ask what your opinion was. I think the general sentiment is that nobody used Stadia. That's the reason it got shut down. If it was a Netflix for games subscription service where you could actually play whatever game you want in the cloud, it would have had a better chance of standing. But the fact is, Stadia's technology, number one, the software was completely in beta. Number two, the hardware was fine enough. Number three, cloud gaming is like a last mile resort for not a whole lot of people. Like who has broadband access, but not the the liquidity to buy the hardware. I mean, the most expensive part of playing video games is the the games, not the, the, the hardware. Like it's it's divvied up over. I don't know. I just I'm not even going to go into that. And D brand's not going into making their uh, kill switch case for the for the Steam Deck. Well, they are, but not in the way that they were planning on it. They tweeted out that they made a million dollar mistake uh, because they accidentally, with one of the coolest features of the project, Kill Switch, which was this magnetically removable kickstand, uh, the magnet uh, didn't interfere in any of their testing with their Steam Decks, and that's because they had the ones with the good fans, but if you have a Steam Deck with the bad fan, it causes it to slow down, and the magnet in the kickstand will actually cause some issues with the bad fan that's in the Steam Deck, and so instead of shipping this bad product, they're gonna come out with a mechanical latch system for it in the future, and if you bought one of these already because you pre-ordered it, well then, they will tell you to cease and desist, unless you know you have the good fan, but otherwise, I don't know. It was a cool feature. Too bad that it's not going to work because Steam Deck decided to give you some bad fans and you guys are deciding not to buy as many gaming monitors for the first time ever. Gaming monitor sales are down year on year, down 10% to only 20.5 million units. You guys aren't buying enough gaming monitors, but some interesting statistics coming out from this Trend 4 survey indicate that 41% of all gaming monitors are curved. What? Kyler. 41% of all gaming monitors are curved. Who is, using Who is buying this? I, like, I would expect that it would be much smaller than that, but it's a high percentage. Additionally, breaking down that VA is the highest panel type at 48%, IPS is very close at 43%, and TN is at 9%, continuing to shrink, and they're expecting that's gonna be a lot lower sometime soon. OLED is only at 0.4% at the current moment, which makes a lot of sense, especially since there's not a lot of desktop class gaming monitors with OLED displays. I think Alienware and Samsung coming out with the two that I know of. Otherwise, it's a TV that people are buying for gaming when it comes to OLED, but uh, some interesting breaks breakdowns of monitors. Let me know what your monitor is, what your monitor setup, primary monitor. Don't go into, I have four of these and three of those. I don't want to hear what your primary gaming monitor specs. Let me know down below in those comments. And somebody let us know that Returnal's coming in PC showed off some gameplay as well, some settings. Uh, Sony DMCA'd that it's gone now, but we got some details that DLSS and FSR are coming to the video game, which is pretty cool, but only gonna be FSR 1.0, which is kind of stinky. But Cyberpunk, not stinky. 20 million copies sold. Oh, that's a big milestone. They had that 
new Edge Runner anime that has boosted a lot of people playing it. I think they peaked at like 130, 140,000 people playing it concurrently, and millions of people have joined back into the game after seeing the anime. Now they've sold 20 million. Half of that did come on launch December 2020 when the game did come out. They already sold 10 million copies, so they've still sold several million since then. It's a big success for them. It took The Witcher 3 four years to hit that amount. They're doing it in just under two, which is still really gosh dang impressive. And speaking of impressive, DLSS 3 getting tested out by Digital Foundry. I think I added one too many S's in there. You should watch their entire 30 minute breakdown in case you're interested in the technical analysis on what's going on with DLSS 3. But essentially, it's AI generated frames. It's making it so that your frame rate is faster because an AI is being like, here's an AI frame into the middle of it, which increases latency. But NVIDIA has their latency reflex technology, which can drop the latency and make it so that the latency is like close enough to not even having it on at all. The, the no DLSS. So it's interesting. It's kind of strange to me that this product, this exclusive RTX 40 series product is there because it, it needs all of the new things that they've implemented into the tensor cores on the 40 series. But it's there to make frame rate go higher. But your frame rate's already going to be highest if you're on a 40 series card. So it's like it's it's giving technology to boost things to people who already have the maximum and the those who have will be given more and those who have not will have it all taken away is what it kind of feels like with this generation however one of the neat things as you go through this digital foundry deep dive is the fact that it actually kind of helps with cpu bottlenecks not if you're like putting it on a core 2 quad maybe uh, but if you're putting it on something that is a 12900k and a cpu bottleneck in a spider-man area it actually can help alleviate some of that CPU bottleneck because the AI frame generation is not CPU dependent whatsoever. So you can still get more frames even if you still have the same CPU bottleneck at the moment. So DLSS 3 is looking like cool technology. It's kind of like the first generation of ray tracing almost where it's like, yes, this is good. This is like, I want this in my video games, but at what cost? Who is this for? Who's buying it? How many games are going to support it? Remains to be seen, but it is one of the best temporal like upscaling technologies because it's actually generating whole frames. It's not upscaling a picture, it's creating pictures using AI, which is pretty cool. But in case you're interested in picking up a 4090, well, they're starting to be listed at retailers across the country. Newegg showing off some of them as well as Best Buy. What you will see is that there are third-party cards going for MSRP upon launch, which is at least good, even if the price is bad. I could get the RTX 3090 today if I could pick it up soon. Anyway, Ways. Two of the cards on Best Buy are going for MSRP. Some of the other ones are a little bit more expensive, but those are the higher end cards like the Liquid Cooling 4090 Supreme from MSI going for $1749. It is nice to see there is the $2,000 Strix RTX 4090, but I saw a picture of the box of this earlier and it's like the size of a full grown man. It's huge. It's absolutely badonkin. Kyler, have you seen this badonkin 4090 box? That's a lot of box. <laughs> it is a lot of box. Look at how that thing is the size of his torso. It's bigger than his torso. That's huge. I mean, he could be he could be small. I don't know, but assuming he's a normal size guy. ROG stands for really a big graphics card, <laughs> you know? Okay, see ya. All right, we'll see you on Monday for Hot News, everybody. Bye.